Welcome to Enlabro Episode 2, Buried Treasure. Each year, September 19th is a fun day for me. For those who know, who don't know, and probably don't want to know, September 19th is National Talk Like a Pirate Day. A day dedicated to, well, you guessed it, talking like a pirate. So ahoy, matey. We be searching for buried treasure today. Arr. As I sit here recording this, I'm actually wearing a pirate t-shirt that I bought just for this occasion. It has one of my favorite pirate ideas on the back. It's a quote from H.L. Mencken. It says, sometimes a man must spit on his hands and raise the black flag. This quote kind of summarizes a theme in the Enlabro podcast. And it's the malevolent potential of the old nature within us. We're going to wrestle and contend with this idea a lot. The old nature, the sin nature, the flesh, the shadow man, it has many references and nomenclatures. No matter, it will be a recurring theme in many of these episodes. Because ultimately, I believe that in order to come to a knowledge of the truth each and every day, and then integrate that truth into our lives, you must be willing to address the I, me, my nature that has vexed us from our birth. I'm aware of a dark and shadowy part of my life that is a bit enamored with pirates. I'm not sure exactly why, but sometimes the pirate life is for me. Obviously, without the looting, pillaging, and other illegal activity, you know, I want to be a kinder, gentler kind of pirate. Yo-ho, yo-ho. But as it relates to the search for ultimate truth, it's a crucial and important to adopt a shrewd and obsessive mindset. A pirate temperament, if you will an inner alignment with that sail the seven seas metaphorical spirit, searching, seeking, and following the clues to the buried treasure. Because the truth, especially spiritual and metaphysical truth, is buried. It doesn't offer itself up easily. It demands respect and it makes you work for it. It's mysterious, often hard to find, and even harder to understand. Gold and silver, jewelry and gemstones are by comparison a much easier pursuit. And here's the thing. There's more buried truth than you'd ever think. A lot more. When I first entered the wilderness so many years ago, I was not very well equipped for the environment I found. For one, I was mentally, emotionally, and spiritually confused, tired, and hurting. Most of it was situational and circumstantial. I didn't understand or appreciate why I was even in the wilderness. I didn't deserve this exile, or at least that's what I thought, and I think most people can relate to that. And my defense was to create a self-confidence and self-righteousness that I could depend on and use offensively if needed. I used it way more often than I should have. It damaged relationships and friendships. Most of all, it damaged my own ability to do what I was in the wilderness to do, dig for the treasure. It took a while to realize and understand that I had to get over myself, get out of my own way, to get over being embarrassed, to get over being right, and to get over being criticized. Ultimately, I had to accept the true cost of entry into the wilderness. I was there to be humbled. Which is probably one of, if not the most important lessons to learn and live out if you're seeking ultimate truth. The treasure map is written upon the fabric of humility. The God of truth resists the proud, but gives graceful instruction to the humble. 
Once I accepted my reality in this mindset, the wilderness became a much different and somewhat easier place. Humility was the key to unlocking the buried treasure chest that I would find on my journey, and it still is. The first treasure chest I opened led me to this amazing truth that I know has been a guiding principle for the journey, and it's simply this. The treasure is often buried deeper than I am able or willing to dig. Let me repeat that. The treasure is often buried deeper than I am able or willing to dig. There's a lot to unpack here, so let's get to it. First, this is a call not to get complacent and not to give up. And I know it doesn't take me telling you how susceptible we are to doing both of these things. Second, digging for the treasure truth is hard work, and you'll kill yourself if you don't allow others to dig with you. You'll also often miss or misunderstand the relevant lessons you uncover. We need other experienced wanderers to help us and guide us through the arduous landscapes. So let's take this first one. Don't get complacent and don't give up. I know this sounds like pretty straightforward advice or counsel. I'm aware I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here. But as with all things that seem obvious, you have to dig deeper to get to the really, really valuable stuff. Complacency and giving up are tandem wheels on the same axle. They work together to create a false sense of knowledge and cause serious damage to personal curiosity and growth. They operate kind of as a tyrannical partnership that compels one to settle for less or equal to, and it's terribly easy to fall victim to their rule. There's a passage in 1 Corinthians that I think sums up this idea pretty well, 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3. Now concerning things sacrificed to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge makes arrogant, but love edifies. If anyone supposes that he knows anything, he is not yet known as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by him. If anyone thinks that they know anything, they do not know yet as they ought to know. Let that sink in for just a second. When one is in the pursuit of the truth, developing a non-complacent and persistent love and desire for truth is essential. Because the truth doesn't always take you in directions that make you feel warm and fuzzy and comfortable. In fact, often things that you were certain you knew to be 100% gospel fact turn out to be nothing more than marvelously constructed man-made opinions and traditions. The very nature of truth is often multi-layered and complex. It forces us to push and to dig deeper. Sadly, many find some golden nugget of truth and believe they've secured the mother load. They build their own fantastic and often rigid philosophies, theologies, and ideologies out of the small pieces that they found, not realizing that there's more. But there's always more. Becoming ideologically possessed is a real danger, and it's playing out constantly in our day and age. As Carl Jung once said, people don't have ideas, ideas have people. Which I think is important to see in the beginning of that 1 Corinthians chapter 8 uh, passage I just read. Now, concerning things sacrificed to idols is how it starts. We are currently sacrificing all kinds of things to our own personal ideologies and idols. The most startling being our ability to genuinely love and care for one another. We are quickly losing touch with kindness, 
compassion, and civility. And please understand where I'm coming from. I see this primarily as a spiritual problem. Our spirits are out of whack and out of alignment. We've literally become too big for our britches and too smart for our own good. We could all use a good dose of humility right now. In an ironic twist of faith, we have become the most educated and knowledgeable civilization in the history of the world, but our knowledge has brought us little, if any, comfort. Our hearts are cold and our lives are separated. We don't trust one another, and we see each other as ideological enemies. We've created and advanced dangerous and divisive ideological litmus tests that we require and apply in our minds, and even worse, in the lives of others. We, replace, we have replaced wisdom with knowledge and has made us arrogant and prideful. It has made our neighbor timid and afraid. Fortunately, there is truth beyond knowledge for those who don't give up and become complacent. Second, we need help digging. We need help digging for and uncovering and understanding the truth. But we have to pay attention here and be mindful that the avenues of wisdom and truth are often varied and unfamiliar. The smartest person in the room isn't always the wisest or the most truthful. The most clever is not always the most intuitive. The loudest speaker is not always the one to listen to. Sometimes it's the still, quiet voice that is the most profound. I have observed in my time in the wilderness that I must surround myself with fellow seekers who exhibit the trademark of humility in their own lives. They are people who've wrestled and struggled themselves and have pushed through to apply the hard-fought lessons of suffering to the benefit of their inner souls. They don't blame others for their suffering, even when they could. Instead, they choose to learn from it, examine it, and take the necessary action or actions when necessary. They aren't reactionary. They aren't revolutionary. They are peacemakers. But don't make the mistake of thinking them weak. They aren't. They are fierce and they are mighty. They are the kind of people you want around you when you're searching for truth. They won't tell you what to do because they know truth discovered and revealed is way more valuable to a person than the truth compelled or required. But they also won't let you give up and they won't let you become complacent. They will keep pushing you to dig, and they will keep the conversation going as you do. These people are important to have around because invariably, as you're stretching, striving, and digging, you'll eventually dig yourself into an, an empty hole. And the problem with empty holes is that often you can't stop digging. You become too invested in the venture. You will need someone to throw a lifeline down into the hole and encourage you to come out and dig somewhere else. I'm humbled that I have many people like this in my life. You know who you are, and I'm grateful. So let me begin to find a way to end this podcast. I'm aware I am not good at endings. And, that be- and that's because, for me, the, tr- the search for truth never ends. It can't be wrapped up in three points in a summary. It's bigger and more complex than we want to manage. So please understand that there will be times in this uh, podcast, and I'm just going to have to stop talking and say goodbye, because one, I might keep talking and fall asleep mid-sentence, or even worse, I might keep talking and you might fall asleep mid-sentence, or two, I might start repeating myself, and I promised in the introduction pot, the introduction podcast to never intentionally waste your time, so I won't do that. 
So how do I want to end this? How do I want to sum this up? How about with one of my favorite and possibly most complex scripture passages? Yeah, let's end with something really, really hard. So here we go. This is out of James uh, chapter 1, verses 19 through 25. It says, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove to yourselves doers of the words and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but, a, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. We're going to use this passage again in next, week, next week's podcast, but before we do, I want to leave you with a couple of ideas to marinate in for some time. In this passage, there are two words in verse 21 that reinforce what I'm talking about this week in, ep- in this episode. They're the words humility and the words implanted. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word implanted, buried, which is able to save your souls. The word, the logos, is the buried treasure implanted in us and needs to be received or integrated into our life. You know, this is something you don't hear often enough in Western forms of spirituality, much less Christianity. So I think it must be revealed and discovered to some extent. Yes, we often are told about the divine image that we bear, but we're also quickly told that we need to read and study externally in order to understand it. It's important for us to realize that um, as we as we look at our lives and understand where this word is coming from, this word is actually implanted deep within our lives. And humility is the shovel that we use to dig it out and release it. Which is the point, by the way. You know, the scriptures aren't simply a great pieces of information to learn and study about. They're deeper than that. They're like, DNA level encoding that our lives gravitate towards and recognize, even when we aren't necessarily walking the right way. Take, for example, the two greatest commandments, love God and love your neighbor. It's kind of hard to argue with in terms of a decent ethic to choose for interpersonal relationships. And you really don't have to be an ultra-religious person attending a church service every week to decide that they could be your daily transcendent ideal and standard. I can choose to love my neighbor every day, no matter where I'm at or what I'm doing. I can choose to recognize that the source of that love isn't based upon something arbitrary like my current mood or mindset, and that it's based upon a steadfast belief and commitment to a higher ideal that I've deliberately considered and chosen to intentionally live out every day. It's a necessary step in maturity and development for all of us to understand and accept that much of the word, the logos, is already implanted within our lives. Those two great commandments aren't just great pieces of scripture. 
when you really think about it, they just make good sense for life and living. And I know the Bible is an important writing in that it records the many stories of how this implanted word has been worked out in the lives of those who allowed it to work itself out. But I I think we have to recognize as believers that the inner word, the living word, the logos, is alive and well in us. More and more I see the written Bible as the external narrative of the inward implanted logos or word. This is not an idea that I'm going to fully form or dive into right now. We'll dive into this idea in the next week's podcast. But suffice to say, the Bible is a book of stories about both the potential, positive and negative, of the human experience in relationship to higher and transcendent ideal. That ideal being love, because God is love. 1 John 4, 8, anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. The Bible is a book about me. It's a book about you. It's a book about us. Each time I read it, I must read it as, I, as if I'm in the story, and I must see my own potential to be every character in the story. Take, for example, the story of David and Goliath. I have the potential to be David, the humble yet confident shepherd boy who slays the giant. But you know what? I also have the capacity to be Goliath, the arrogant, overwhelming presence that intimidates and ridicules the weak and vulnerable. You know, I also have the capacity to be Saul, the jealous king who wants all the glory with none of the sacrifice. And sadly, I can also see myself as one of the many soldiers in the army who stood by trembling, hoping no one would look their way for a solution to the problem of Goliath. This written word helps me calibrate and understand the buried treasure that's implanted within me, the word, the logos. These two work together in a marvelous symphony of melody and harmony that produces the most spiritual of worship possibilities. So, how should I summarize this week? The truth is buried in us and in others. We have to dig for it, not give up, and be willing to seek out and receive the help of others to do it. We need wisdom, not just knowledge. It needs to guide us in finding and selecting these people and selecting the places we need to dig. Finally, the mindset and attitude of humility is essential to unlocking and seeking the truth. I found these ideas and principles to be uncompromising and necessary in the process of Enlabro, and I believe you will too. So, alas, me hearties, it be time to say farewell and adieu. Arg. Again, thank you for listening to Enlabro.